0: Good evening, our first song tonight will be 415, 415.
1: Number 12,
0: number 12. After this song, we'll have our scripture reading and prayer. please father in heaven we are so truly thankful for your ever presence in our life for all that you give us all that you do for us each day thankful father for the time that we've been able to spend today in worship and the freedom that we have in this nation to do that we're thankful father for uh, surrounding us with uh, things that we take for granted each day Uh, we're thankful father for the facility here that we meet in for the people who assemble and worship here, uh, our brothers and sisters, Father, we love and care for deeply. And many of us, Father, who are struggling, uh, many of our number who are dealing with health uh, health issues in their life, many who are uh, have loved ones struggling with their health, many others, Father, who are, are struggling with, with mental health, with uh, anxiety and depression and uh, just many other things that we deal with on a daily basis Father give us the strength that we need to overcome, give us the healing that we need uh, for our bodies. Uh, help us Father to help those less fortunate than we are those who may be struggling more heavily more deeply, hurting more often. Just continue to bless the church here Father as we reach out in this community and around the world. Uh, may our efforts be beneficial. help us to do all things in accordance with your will Father and bring you the glory and give you the glory. Uh, for every uh, success that we have uh, it's has got us the rest of this evening father and worship to you may it be pleasing uh, open our minds and our hearts to your will and to your word and to your love and we're thankful for your son for all that we have through him And we pray in his name amen scripture reading tonight is taken from luke chapter 19 Luke chapter 19, verses 9 and 10. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Before our lesson this evening, we'll sing seven hundred seventeen. 717. If you can,
1: please, let's stand as we sing. i heard an old old story how a Savior came
2: to see each one of you with us this evening uh, tonight we're going to do I wanted to kind of talk to uh, the the kids in the in the congregation first um, we have produced this week uh, these family devotionals if you haven't already grabbed one grab one on your way out um, there's uh, three family de- family devotionals in there for you guys to walk through this week Um And they're all about Zacchaeus, and uh, I think that they'll be helpful for you as you start doing those on your own with your own families. This is something that we need to do. Um, Being a parent is hard, right? Uh, I used to think I knew an awful lot about parenting, and then I got kids, um, and now I realize. (laughs) Um, And so being a parent is hard. Uh, Being a Christian parent is harder, raising warriors for Christ is difficult, but this is what we're engaged in. I wanted to talk to the kids and, and maybe to the parents just real quick from Luke chapter 19. So grab your Bibles and turn to Luke 19. We meet a guy there named Zacchaeus, right? You guys know Zacchaeus. He's the one that lives in Jericho. We sing a song about him. He's a wee little man. I'm in a sycamore tree. You remember the song, right? That's his story. It's found in Luke 19. He lives in a city called Jericho. You know Jericho too, don't you? We sing the song about the walls coming tumbling down. This is the ancient city that the Israelites conquered uh, under Joshua, and that's been a long, long, long time ago at this point. By the time Jesus walks into this city, uh, the walls coming tumbling down has been an ancient thing. Um, the city's been rebuilt now, and a lot of people live there, including our friend Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is not one of the people that you would expect probably to find uh, waiting for Jesus. He's not what you might call a nice guy. Most people don't like him. Uh, he is a chief tax collector, which means he's in charge of a lot of other tax collectors. Um, and he's, he's wealthy, he's rich. So this guy's got a lot of money, and you know how he got his money, right? He got his money off the backs of uh, his, his, his brothers and sisters, the, the other Israelites, um, the Romans have enlisted him to take money away from the Israelites. That's uh, called a tax, right? And so they've, they've asked him to do that, and he's done that. But whatever money he is able to raise over the Roman tax, he gets to keep for himself. And so Zacchaeus has been doing that for, I would assume, quite a while. And so... Now uh, he's wealthy, but he's living in Jericho and something, we'll talk about that in just a second, what that something might be, but something has alerted his attention to Jesus and that Jesus is important. And so this guy climbs up into a sycamore tree. Um, as uh, you walked in today, I gave some of you guys uh, fig bars. If you want to take those out and eat them, now would be a good time to do that, Uh he climbed up in this sycamore fig tree. We know sycamore figs from the Old Testament. Um, Amos was a sycamore fig piercer. He was—it's kind of a low-level entry job, uh, but that's—that was his job back then. He was also a shepherd. So we know sycamore figs from the Old Testament, but they're also here in the New Testament. And uh, if it's the same tree. They're all over Africa and modern-day Palestine. They're small trees, 30 or 40 feet tall, but they, they kind of billow out. Their, their branches are pretty uh, wide, and so they provide a lot of shade. So they would have been planted along the, the streets in cities and near cities so as to provide shade for those traveling along the road. Zacchaeus is a small guy. I don't know how small, um, but he's, he's short. And so you ever been in a crowd where you kind of can't see over? The kids are familiar with that, right? When we went to Titus's race last week, he uh, uh, he and all the cousins and the siblings are all shorter than everyone else that's, that's adult size. And so you know what they do? They, they go right up to the front and they all sit there. And there's probably 100, 200 kids just sitting right there, right? That's what kids do. Zacchaeus is small and the line. He can't get past it, apparently. So he climbs up into the sycamore tree because he wants to see Jesus. That's... That's our point tonight. At least that's the point for the kids, and and really it's the point for all of us. We need to be so dogged in our approach to seeing Jesus that we can't see anything else. This guy went out of his way, sacrificed a lot. You can't see it if you just read through the text very quickly. But you know that grown men in his society do not run. It, it would be uncommon for a grown man in his age to, to run. We see that with uh, the parable of the, pro, of the prodigal son. The father, do you remember, he runs out to meet the boy. Um, and that goes to show you his, his desire, this deep felt need for his son to be back home, for him to welcome him. He's, he's been waiting on this moment for so long. And now he gets to welcome him back and he's not going to walk over there. He's going to run and so that's what Zacchaeus does, he, the Bible says he runs. And then, amazingly, this grown man climbs a tree. If running in their society was abnormal and uh, would, would make you look like a child, certainly climbing a tree would do that too, right? But he, he gets over to the tree and he climbs up it and all he wants to do is, is see Jesus. That's our job as parents, isn't it? To, to help our kids see Jesus. And we want them to grab a hold of him and never let go, not for anything on the world. Not for culture, not for friends, not for future spouses, not for anything. They hold on to him. We need them to see him. That's what Zacchaeus is doing. He's doing it physically, right? Because he can't do it physically on his own. He needs the tree to physically be able to see Jesus. But he, he sees him spiritually too. How does his story end? Do you remember? He goes... Jesus comes to uh, Zacchaeus' tree and he looks up. What what an incredible moment to be in the crowd that day and to see Jesus just walking along this road and all of a sudden he looks up in this tree and he he talks to the most unlikely person possible. Zacchaeus, come on down because I'm going to your house today. What? Zacchaeus scrambles down from the tree. Everybody's probably confused or laughing, mocking him because he had the audacity to climb up into a tree. But as he comes down, all the, other, all the people around him are saying, Jesus obviously doesn't know who this guy is because he's a sinner and everybody knows it. This guy's a thief. He's an immoral thief who's just stolen time after time and has made himself rich off of our backs. Jesus doesn't know who this guy is. What does Zacchaeus do? Jesus doesn't say anything. You go back and read the text. Jesus doesn't say anything. Zacchaeus automatically offers It's like he's terrified that Jesus is going to turn his back on him. He wants to see Jesus. Not just physically, but he he sees him spiritually. And finally, he wants to grab a hold of him. He's not going to let go of him for anything. Not his wealth that he's made off the backs of the people, probably. He's He's not willing to let go, or he's willing to let go of that so that he doesn't have to let go of Jesus. I think when... Zacchaeus hears all the people around him going, Oh, this guy's a sinner. Have you heard about what he's doing? They're not whispering. They're saying it loud, right? Because this is an attempt to to take him down a peg or two. And so they're, they're saying this loudly, and Zacchaeus hears this, and his initial reaction is, I can't let him leave. We need to be more like that, don't we? I can't let him leave. Not my life, not my heart, not my mind. He, he's there, he and he's set and he's stayed right there because I stuck with him. And Zacchaeus is willing to give up everything he's got. He starts with half the stuff. It's just a, a voluntary uh, goodwill offer. I'll give away half my things, just don't leave Jesus. And also, if, if, I've, if I've defrauded anybody, if I've actually stolen something from anybody, I'll give them back four times what I stole from them. You remember Jesus' answer. Today, salvation's come to this house because he's a son of Abraham. We'll get to what else he says in just a second. Parents, we're raising warriors for Christ. People who, when they're our age, will take on the mantle of the church, and the church will be different then. The culture will be different then. Look how much it's changed in 20 years. When you were a kid, it's changed drastically hasn't it by the time our children are in their 40s 50s and 60s what will the church look like what will our culture look like we need to prepare them they need to hear these stories but they need to hear the application there's power here there's life transformation power here this is where truth is they need to hear that we need to be involved in teaching this this is too important to pass by we teach them how to hit a baseball don't we and we teach them how to catch a football don't we we teach them how to do math and English. We teach them how to get a scholarship. We haven't, we've neglected the more weightier things of the law, haven't we? It'll be great if they learn how to catch a baseball. What's that going to do for them when they're 50? It'll be great if they get a scholarship to college. What's that going to do for them when they're 100? This is something we have to focus on. This is something we have to, to do to be better at. This is our job, not just as parents, but as a congregation to lift up families because families make up the church. You start seeing families struggle, you're going to start seeing the church struggle. So if you don't have kids in the congregation today, you've got grandkids in the congregation today, or if you're single, you never had a kid, you're still a part of the family here, and it's our responsibility to build each other up. Hmm. Zacchaeus comes to new life, doesn't he? Let's talk more to the parents and to the adults, I guess. Zacchaeus made sure he wanted that he could see Jesus, not just physically, but spiritually. And these devotionals uh, that that we've, these simple, these are not these are not difficult. These are simple things that you can do, um, and and really for the, the the little kids, the preschool kids, the ones who aren't reading, uh, they just need to hear the stories. You just need to saturate their life with these stories. Um, every day, you're telling four or five stories from the Bible to them. They don't—they don't need necessarily the application so much. Um, they, they need to—they need to hear the stories. We're working on the biblical literacy at this point, because um, you'll find kids that your kids are associated with, they go to school with them. They don't—they don't know these stories. We've entered a postmodern society where the church uh, is irrelevant and God is not talked about in houses anymore, and these stories are not told anymore. Our kids, if we're building warriors, need to know these stories. As they grow up, they need to know the application. Because you're you're never going to get the application without knowing the story first. So we need to be building in these stories into our kids' brains so that when they encounter a situation that story from the Bible hits their brain and they think, well, this is how David would have handled that situation. Well, this is how uh, uh, Samson would have handled that situation this, and, and, and they can navigate life better because of these stories. Application obviously comes with that. We've got some uh, devotionals for the little ones. We've got some devotionals for the ones who are reading and, and need to do this stuff on their own. Are you teaching? Uh, are we teaching our kids how to study on their own? We need to be building warriors. We've got a big job ahead of us because the world is going backwards. It's going away from God. And it's our responsibility, not just as parents, but as the church, to build up warriors in our family. Let's come back to that one. The thing that I think parents need to learn from and adults need to learn from Zacchaeus is you need to make a prospect list. There needs to be people on your heart and, and written down. Physically get a piece of paper, get your phone in, write down their names. People that you think would be interested in the gospel. People who are so far away from Christ that you think there's just no way that they would be interested. People that are interested in spiritual things. They, these people's names need to make it on a list. and That list needs to be something that you pray over consistently. People close to you, people who uh, maybe uh, just aren't close to God. Some of us, uh, our whole families in the church, right? And so the closest people that we know that are lost are our neighbors, maybe, or our extended family. Find those people and make a prospect list and don't, don't exclude people. Because you know who would be been excluded on on the people in Jericho? Their prospect list, if these guys had a prospect list, you know who would have gotten left out? Zacchaeus, 100% of the time, would have gotten left out. Nobody would have put this guy's name on their list. He's a dirty, filthy tax collector who doesn't care anything about morality or God or anything like that. This guy's just a cheater and a thief. Nobody is going to put him on their prospect list for somebody that would be interested in the gospel. Who's the one guy who's climbing a tree just so he can see Jesus? Nobody else did that. Sometimes the people you think are far away are actually the ones who are so close. They're the ones who are longing for him. The ones who need him more than anybody else. You need to find a prospect list. Second thing, I think this is important as well. Zacchaeus knew exactly who he was, right? His sin was, was right in front of him. He, he, was, he was so super aware of his sin. We need to be more like that. Uh, Psalm 51 is attributed to David after his sin with Bathsheba. David's a good man, right? Um, a godly, righteous, upright man who loves to do what's right and longs for God, but he made mistakes. He sinned, right? And we're told of at least two of those occasions. Once with Bathsheba, once with the census that he, he creates later on in his life. When he writes Psalm 51, that's supposed to be right after his sin with Bathsheba, after Nathan has come to him and he's convicted him uh, of this sin, he finally comes to himself. Uh, he finally is aware of his sin. He writes Psalm 51. At least that's that's what the superscription that's not inspired tells us uh, here. And They're old, and so they're, they're, it's probably to be trusted. So he, he does that, but listen to what he does in Psalm 51, verse 3. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. It's like he can't get his mind off of it. It's all he's thinking about. It's eating them up, right? Uh, in fact, later on in that passage, he's going to say, uh, that it, it, it's like I was born in sin. He's, he's not saying I was born in sin. That's where original sin comes from is one of these is this verse. One of the places is this verse, but it's not what he's saying, right? He's saying it's like I was born in sin. It's like I, I've always sinned. That's how deeply ingrained this sin has rooted its way into his mind. It's like it's the only thing I can think of. It's the only thing uh, that I'm concerned about. I, I'm I'm enthralled with it I can't get my mind off of it and he's beating himself up and he's terrified that God will leave him like he left Saul he just wanted to see Jesus right he just wanted to grab hold of him and not let go for anything and he's terrified exactly like Zacchaeus is that Jesus is going to leave him and so he pleads with God not to leave him of course, you know the way the story ends. God ends up not leaving him. He reinstates David, and David goes on to do incredible things in, in God's kingdom. Our, our sin needs to be before us like that. Flip over to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. He, he's talking about the Beatitudes. It's the way he starts off the Sermon on the Mount. Here's some attitudes that you need to have. If you're going to be a modest... If you're going to be my disciple, here's some some ways that you need to feel. Here's some things you need to do, right? So one of the things that we need to do as disciples comes up in verse 4. Matthew 5, 4, he says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. What's he talking about there? Is he he talking about physical mourning, like, like I'm sad that... Uh, A friend passed away. I'm sad that filling the... Is he talking about that kind of mourning? He's not. He's not talking about... He's talking about sin. People who are so broken over our sin that we can't take it. Broken like David's broken over this sin it's, it's affected his life and he can't stop thinking about it he refuses to stop beating himself up over it, he's carrying that guilt around with him like a backpack full of rocks it's weighing him down I'm not saying our sin should be like that I'm, I'm saying that when you ask for forgiveness as a baptized believer in Christ if you're inside of Christ When you ask for forgiveness, he grants it like it never happened, Like we were talking about this morning, right? Justified, just as if I'd never sinned. That's the promise he guarantees happens in in the book of Hebrews. He wipes it away as far as the east is from the west. That's how far he separated us from our sins. Our sins once separated us from him. Now he says, I've separated you from your sins. And you can't even grab a hold of them anymore. That's how far away they are. I think we need to let the guilt go, but we still need to be aware of the pain. You see the distinction? Sometimes, let me rephrase that, all the time, sin, ours and others, will leave a mark. There's pain that goes along with sin, isn't there? It, it leaves a mark on us. Um let me tell you a couple stories. When I was a kid, I had this uh, this job. And uh, basically, I did whatever this guy wanted me to do. And so uh, I cut uh, some grass. I, I hung uh, this, um, this uh, TV antenna. I hung all this, this weird stuff. And it was just like this guy's gopher. And so I did all this stuff. But he had like 56 acres out in the middle of nowhere. And he said, I want this thing fenced. I want to put barbed wire all around it. And so... Me and a buddy got together and we, we put barbed wire around all this guy's property. And he wanted three strands r- strung around it. And so on the part that happened on this day, he'd already come through a couple years ago and strung the top line. And I was stringing the middle line. And Middle Tennessee is a lot like this area uh, with hills and gullies. And, and these woods are just filled with hills and gullies. And so we're in the middle of one of those gullies. And I turn and I run my eye right into the barbed wire. The top line, it got me right there. I mean, just as close to my eyeball as you could possibly get. I had a scar for about 10 or 15 years. It's gone now. But you know what I do when I'm in the woods now? I make sure there's not a barbed wire anywhere near me. Right? I remember the pain. The scar's gone. But I, even at 18, realized I just about lost my eye. Sin's an awful lot like that, isn't it? We can do away with the guilt, because God has, when we sin and we ask for forgiveness. He throws that sin away like it was never there. It's amazing, right? But like it was never there. But I still carry that pain with me. I still remember who I hurt. I still remember how I hurt because of sin. And that motivates me not to go back to it again. Because there's nothing but death and destruction down that road. Mine and others. That's what sin does. It hurts. It only hurts. It looks like pleasure, but it only brings pain. Zacchaeus got that. I don't know enough about his life. I don't know as much about his life as I would want to, right? And that's true with a lot of biblical characters. Man, I wish I knew the rest of his life. To see what this greed. I think we can say he's greedy. To see what that had cost him. Because you know it cost him. He'd lost friends over this. Just like Matthew, Levi, the tax collector. he had lost friends over this. He had lost the ability to go to the temple over this. His God was now far away from him because of this decision. To become a tax collector. And he chose No doubt in the world, this profession because of greed. You turn your back on all the Israelite promises, the whole Israelite family. You turn your back on them when you become a Roman traitor and become a a tax collector. He's lost all of that. He can't even come to the synagogue or the temples now. He's not welcome there. They will kick him out. They'll force him to leave. He can't worship anymore. Not with the people, not with God's people. He'll worship by himself if he wants to. That's how hated this guy is. And it's because of this sin. And so when he meets Jesus on this road to Jericho, he remembers the pain, all the things that this has cost him. And I'm not willing to continue down that road. It's got to be what Zacchaeus is thinking. So he's willing to give everything away. I'm a bit surprised he didn't just say, oh, I'll give everything away. He throws it all on the table, right? It's amazing that he, that he does. I'll give half of my stuff away. Had Jesus questioned him, I don't think it would have been outside the realm of possibility for Zacchaeus to say, it's everything. I'll give it all. I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't care about any of this stuff anymore. I just, want, I just want you. We need to be more aware of our sin. Another story from several years ago. Um Kelly and I have loved hiking for a while. She's loved it longer than I have. <laughs> but when we were younger pre-kid, uh, we went to this place called Big Hill Pond. It's on the middle of nowhere Tennessee or Alabama. It's been a while. I don't really remember where the where the state park is, but I remember the snake that I saw curl coiled up along the trailhead, and I thought, I ain't going down this trail. This is silly. <laughs> There's obviously snakes on this trail. This, is, this has been blessed by snakes. And so I'm not going down this trail. And she finally talked me into it because I hate snakes. And she talked me into it. And so we went down that trail and it ended poorly. We just about died out there. I'll tell you the story later. <laughs> but you know what I was looking for the whole time we were on that trail? Snakes. Sounds funny, isn't it? It convinces you that it's not a snake, that it won't hurt you, that it's pleasurable. What's it really? It's a snake. Just waiting to bite you. If you're not paying attention, it'll reach up and grab you, on it? And you'll be in the middle of it, in the thrall, you use a biblical word, in the thrall of it. Not even know it. Isn't that crazy? That's what David did, right? After the sin of Bathsheba, he was in the middle of it. Didn't even know it. He needed somebody else to come by and tell him a story about this guy that stole a sheep. And then he was like, ah, I'm mad about that. And Nathan says, you've done something so much worse. You're the guy. You're guilty. We can be in the middle of sin and not even know it if we're not paying attention. Zacchaeus was paying attention. We need to be more like that. Our sin needs to be ever before us. Not the guilt. Don't carry the guilt with you because that'll that'll weigh you down, won't it? That actually hinders your race. That's what Satan is good at. He he's good at accusing us of bringing that guilt back up. He's the prosecuting attorney we talked about a couple weeks ago, and that's 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 really his ace in the hole. It's it's his 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 go-to move is he reminds you of the sin that you've recently committed, and he. Weighs you down with the guilt. That's what he does. So I'm saying plead for forgiveness to God. And once that happens, throw away the guilt, but remember the scar. Because if you don't remember the scar, you'll fall right back into that sin. It needs to be before us like that so that we're aware of it. We don't want to be like David, having to have someone else come to us and make us aware of our sin. What if they don't come? What if Nathan never came? What if he was too afraid? What if he was afraid of of David's reaction? David has the potential to kill Nathan on on, on this day. What if Nathan had been afraid of that? We need to be more aware of our sin. Zacchaeus certainly was. And we need to be more aware as well. We can learn a lot from Zacchaeus. I hope these family devotionals help you. If if they're helpful for you, let me know. Maybe we can start doing these more often in some ways. But I'm telling you, these things are are simple. These are things that you can do on your own. It's just telling the stories. Um, But we're raising warriors. And, And you take a simple story like Zacchaeus, and you think about it for a week or so, and look what comes out of it. Your kids know the song. He was a wee little man. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. He saw him. Did he ever see him? You need to see him too. And not be so caught up with the mirage that sin envelops us in. See it for what it is a snake lying in the grass waiting to bite you. Because it always does. You never get away with it, you never get away with sin it always comes back to hurt you. It always leaves scars. So kick the guilt to the curb, but remember the scar, so you don't fall back into it. Tonight, if you're struggling, we want to aid you in any way that we can. God has offered forgiveness in abundance from east to west. He's offered it. Tonight, if you're in need of it, we would love to aid you in any way we can. If you need to be baptized to have your sins washed away tonight, that is the first step to becoming one of His children Tonight, if we can aid you in any way, won't you come as we stand and sing?
1: I hear the "My friend."
2: Portia Davis comes forward tonight. She's uh, asking prayers for our son Trey. Uh, most of you know that he's been in prison for the last couple of years. Um, made a terrible uh, judgment call and is is there now dealing with that. Uh, he's got a trial that's coming up on uh, tomorrow, and she's looking for for prayers for that as well as for her and Earl. Uh, it's been quite the trying uh, the last couple of years for them, and um, so. We definitely want to pray for them. We'll ask one of our shepherds, Mike Williams, if you will not mind, come up and, and pray for Portia. Um, but Just be in prayer for, for her and Earl, uh, Earl and uh, and Trey. And of course, as, as the, the trial comes up and, and all the things that are going to be involved with that incredibly trying situation to be able to, to go through that, so be in prayer for her.
3: God prayer. Father in heaven, we come to you at this time, Father, wanting to lift up the Davis family to you, Father. We just ask your blessings upon Portia and Earl, and Father, be with Trey at this time, Father, for the uh, upcoming trial, and we just ask your blessings upon that. And, and Father, we know that you see us at these times, as times of need that we have, and sometimes father it's difficult to know exactly what to ask for but but you know lord and and we thank you that we can come to prayer come to you in prayer and and lift these type of requests up and and father we we pray for all of our kids and and our families and that we can all see jesus and and do what we need to do to to get to heaven one day, and as parents, we just want the best for our, our kids, and we ask your blessings upon each of our our parents here, our families, and that we can, as parents, do our part, Father, to lead our kids down the right path to to ultimately see you, Father, and to be with you, and, and we pray for our kids, Father, the temptations that are out there, the, the struggles that, that we all face, and especially kids at this time in the world that we're living in and pray that they will stay close to you and, and the things that they've learned and, and we pray God at this time again that you will be with the Davis family and just bring comfort and peace to, to Portia and Earl and, and Trey as well Father we just pray for a good outcome with the upcoming trial and that you will be, be with them at this time. Father, again, we thank you so much for all that you do for us. We thank you for this avenue of prayer that you give us. And most of all, we thank you for Jesus. And it's through Jesus we pray. Amen.
4: Good evening, church family. A couple of announcements before we are dismissed. As a reminder, this coming Saturday's the men's meeting at 8.30 in the morning. Breakfast will be provided for the men's meeting. Also, November 19th is our special needs contribution, our Thanksgiving food drive, and also our deacons meeting at 5 o'clock. And also uh, youth devotional uh, for the teens at the, Sherry Pittman's house um, after uh, evening services. Wednesday, November 22nd, uh, we will have a devotional only, no Bible class that Wednesday. Also, the new quarter starts December 3rd. If you can help out uh, to teach a Bible class in Bible Hour, please see Jeremy and Connie. Uh, also, ladies' class every Monday at 10 a.m. Um, I do encourage all uh, ladies to go to that. Also, uh, no potluck during the month of November. Updates on our prayer list. Remember continue to keep Jimmy Wilgus, Jim Haney, Jim Martin, and Chuck Davison in your prayers as they continue with their cancer treatments. Uh, keep Carolyn Olin in your prayers as she goes through rehab in Ironton. Um, keep Friday Simpson in your prayers. She's doing much better, but appreciates everybody's prayers. Um, so keep her in your prayers as well. Uh, still, she continues with her treatments. Uh, Remember to continue to keep... Uh, Roger and Peg Pryor in your prayers, and also Charlie and Alice Boso in your prayers. Um, If you had not had the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper, um, as we stand, um, you can go to the conference room, uh, to my left, to your right, Um, at that time, I'm confused because y'all are sitting down, (laughs) I'm used to y'all standing up, but uh, as we stand uh, for the next song, uh, you may leave now and and take the Lord's Supper if you did not get a chance to. Please stand.
0: Our closing song will be 136. One, three, six.
5: Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, as we come to you once again today, Father, we're truly thankful for another beautiful day of life. So thankful for the change in the seasons, Father, and to see all the beautiful leaves and the colors, realizing that it all comes from you, Father. Father, we pray that you'll continue to be with the church here at Rome and all the good things that are going on. Pray especially to be with the deacons and elders, and the good work at their end, Father, that you'll continue to bless them and bless every effort that's being put forth. Pray that you'll continue to be with all the uh, Bible teachers, Father, that teaches our kids and teaches us, Father, that you'll continue to bless them and let them know that their efforts are not in vain. Uh, we pray for all those that are shut in, Father, let them know that they're loved and cared for and help us to help them in any way that we can. We pray especially for all those that have cancer or whatever, Father, problems they have, that you'll continue to be with them and be with the doctors and heal them, Father, if it be thy will, and continue to be with all the families, Father, that have to take care of people, you know, that have uh, diseases or whatever, Father. Father, we pray you'll continue to be with Earl and Portia and be with the trial father coming up and all things will work out for the good most of all father we pray for our shortcomings that you'll continue to be with us help us to be better people and forgive us of our sins in christ's name i pray amen